We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 554 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Eye Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hilton. I still sound terrible. Barcelona still have major questions. But is that FC Barcelona winning by more than two goals, I see? Yes. Yes, it is. But not without going down to 10 men, which is covered in controversy, which we can't seem to go one game without talking about the League of Referees. But cool as you've learned, don't get nice things this season without some negativity with it. But hey, there are some positives, like all the support I have gotten on Patreon, Thank you so much to all our new patrons, along with subscribing on YouTube and people following on the podcast apps. So thank you so much for all the support that I've been getting this season as results haven't really gone Barcelona's way. Subscribing on YouTube, that is definitely the most helpful thing you do at this point. So with all that done, let's get to the five headlines from Barcelona's 3-1 win over Alavés. Headline one is CDM Christensen. This was the one big wrinkle in this game, one that we have been waiting for. You know, I was thinking about it, and has Christensen ever stepped into that defensive midfielder role in his two seasons at Barca? The answer is no, because it was Eric Garcia who did it last season. In fact, the ESPN broadcast had it. His last CDM appearance in club competition was in 2016 for Borussia Mönchengladbach when they lost 4 nothing to Schalke. He was a younger man. I was a younger man. And so that was a long time ago. But structurally, this wasn't that different. It was Xavi Ball, if that's what you want to call it, with the four midfielders that he wanted to play. And yet, with Gabi, Pedri, Gundogan, and De Jong going into this season, that four midfield set was never going to work because none of them functioned as the destroyer type. You can't really use the term pivot or pivote because that's not what Christensen was doing. That's not the job he had. Instead, it was just a destroyer, defensive midfielder, keep everything solid and in shape the way that Romeo was doing at the start of the season. But functionally, going forward, it was still a 3-2-5 in buildup. And the question for Christensen was going to be, could he do enough of a job to get the best out of everybody else around him that he was not a net negative and he brought more positives out of everybody else? Because we knew that, again, as a pivot, he wasn't going to shock the world to reinvent the wheel. My main questions were, could he even turn on the ball quick enough and against a medium to low block like Alaves were going to play, that question became not only could he turn on the ball, but then could he play a ball quick enough to open up a team in a mid block to a low block? Not to mention whether or not he could actually do the job and help Barcelona keep their defensive shape. The one real mistake he had in the game came, fortunately, in the third minute. 
when Alaves were really pressing, forcing Barcelona in a new setup to beat them and to play through them. So he makes a little mistake there. Didn't seem like he was comfortable enough to turn quick and to get Barcelona moving in transition. Instead, he plays it back, Alaves pressure, and it's the first nervy moment with him at defensive midfield. Fortunately, though, after that moment, that seemed to be all that it took for him to settle in. And then once he settled in, Barcelona settled in too. And then once he had settled in and Barca settled in, the real question became that like it was when Barca were clicking last season with Busquets and then when Romeo started the season with confidence, who of Pedri, Young, or Gundogan were the biggest beneficiaries of an actual defensive midfielder? One that would help not only cover up their weaknesses, but allow all three of them to focus more on what they do well. The spoiler is, I think general consensus winds up saying that Gundogan was the biggest beneficiary, but for the first half of that game at least, to me, De Jong was the biggest beneficiary because it does more than any of the others, and Busquets did this last year when they were playing well together. A actual defensive midfielder does cover up, I think, De Jong's weaknesses more than the others, where I feel like if you're going to say who actually prospers the most and gets into the best positions, it's of course Gundogan because he doesn't have to worry about being a defensive midfielder. Still, a defensive midfielder did not save Barcelona from their defensive frailties. Those persisted throughout this game, as you're hearing me go along with these. And from the early going, you knew that this defensive midfielder was more to help the attack and the offensive players in the midfield more than it was to solve any problems defensively because Rafa Marin got a block on an Araujo header. And other than that moment, and then of course the goal in the first half, it was mainly one-way traffic for Alaves with their chances. Iñaki Pena was at least assertive in the air in the first half, but Alaves had the scouting report. He and Araujo still managed a mini-miscommunication in the 33rd minute, but it was still better. Samu needed to be blocked by Araujo early on and had a header opportunity to go wide in the 21st, so I could have very much changed my tune if Alaves had put these on net. Headline two is Lewandowski sets himself up. Fortunately for Barcelona, they did get the opener 22nd minute of the Lewandowski goal coming when Alaves trying to put pressure on Kubarsi because, yeah, he's a 17-year-old. You got to run at him. But the opposite thing happens for Alaves because Kubarsi is just too good on the ball. Pedri starts the switch. De Jong continues it on. And Gundogan splits the two defenders. And Lewandowski's touch that also hits Rafa Marine. It's perfect. The touch he gets some credit for. A little bit of luck is always needed in these moments too. Then he flicks it over the keeper, opens the scoring. It is Lewandowski's first Liga goal since the middle of December versus Girona. But every time Lewandowski scores, I say, all right, it's a good thing, but it's all about the momentum that we know at this point in his career, Kules can admit that that momentum is going to be able to sustain because that's not Lewandowski's level game in and game out. After the goal, it was positive that Barca played with a ton of confidence and kept possession better than they had in the last few games. And Alaves, at that point, were getting frustrated too by not seeing any of the ball. They started picking up their fouling, and I do unfortunately think that took Barcelona out of their rhythm. That is how they responded to that possession from Barcelona. Lewandowski making the most of that Blanco elbow, but then referee, the first big mistake of the game, it should have been Tanagli getting a yellow for pulling Lewandowski back, but the referee just doesn't call anything because Lewandowski is always complaining. That's a bit of referee. doesn't matter whether he's complaining or not. Call the fouls if they're a foul and tell him to get up, even give him a yellow for simulation. If he needs to be punished for complaining too much or simulating, then give him a yellow for dissent or for simulation. But just ignoring Lewandowski when he doesn't earn it doesn't mean you get to ignore it when he does have a case. But that was not the most egregious mistake the referee would make. More on that later. 35th minute, Araujo went out to defend the cross, which he doesn't do, and Koundé's feet were rooted to the floor, and John Grudy got a free header. Really fine save by Pena with a strong right-hand glove. Pena was a net positive, was good today. Koundé's clearances, at least in the first half, were hot garbage. 
42nd minute, Samu shot wide. Kubarsi came out for the block. Not even his first of the first half. And then 45 plus one, Cancelo doesn't look like he's right. Obviously, he has a bandage. We know that he was kind of rushed back. He decided at least not to defend and just fouls the guy. Lucky to escape the yellow at that point. And it leads to a really nervy punch away by Pena, even though Barca had the lead. And Alaves in that first half did have the better chances in totality. My big first half takeaway, too, was the fact that both Kubarsi and Laminia Mall are both extremely press-resistant because of their technical abilities and their understanding of buildup. And that's where that Lamasia, that is where that academy training puts them just farther along, even a 22 or 23-year-old who's brought in from outside the club. And this is also why Xavi is playing them more than anything else and being forced to play them. I've said the hyperbole about these two, that Laminia Mall is the best winger we've seen since maybe ever at his age, at 15, 16 in the academy. And Kubarsi is maybe the best 15 or 16-year-old center back that the academy has ever had. So to almost compare the other academy products who get brought up to these two is almost unfair to them. And I also said it, and I do believe this, that maybe it was just the academy tinted glasses I'm wearing all the time. But I thought Kobarsi was better than Araujo and Kunde in that first half. I don't know what it is about their season. And you can take this as a compliment to him, which it is, or you could take it as an insult to Araujo and Kunde, who this season have not been to their standard. And that has been the only thing that's been consistent about them is that they have not been up to the standard game in and game out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's Pique and Puyol or Pique and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy and all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content, everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, 
that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. Headline three is here comes the goals. Halftime, I think it was more of an injury than tactical, but Cancelo out for Hector Fort. And a real shame that Xavi, as I tweeted out, I don't think he really gets to make many tactical decisions in terms of his personnel throughout a game. It's more of waiting to see who goes down with an injury and then replacing that guy because I think Kinsella would have been the guy who goes 90 if Xavi had a choice, but Kinsella wasn't fit. In comes Hector Fort, which unfortunately for him, he is right-footed and the attacks do tend to die against a low block with him over on the left. Now, when teams are a bit more wide open and there is space, as we've seen with him in his better performances in the Copa del Rey, especially when teams are trailing in those kind of cup competitions and have to go for a goal, he has enough quality and technical skill where he's fine on that left side. But when teams are still settling in, with Suda getting one back just moments after Barca get their second, meant that most of the second half was with Alaves down just one goal. That means that they're still able to sit in their block, play their game plan of trying to find space for Samu out on transition. And that meant that Fort is a little bit more limited to what he can do. And on the reverse side of that, now he's being exposed a little bit more. Even though Barcelona don't have the space, there is space ahead for Alaves because Barcelona have the ball more in Alaves' third of the field. He was muscled off the ball, and he's also stepping in the tackles with his weight on his opposite foot. But I still see every Fort performance as a net positive because he's 17 years old and he's playing on the opposite side of where he's comfortable. 49th minute after an Alavés chance on one side, they got to be a little bit frustrated by this, but Barcelona scores the second. Araujo blasted Ford, and Lamini Maldes wins the foot race, goes out to Pedri, and Pedri waits for the run to transpire. Then with Gundogan running across the goal, he delivers the ball, that being Pedri, perfectly weighted pass, and a nice finish by the German. He finds the top of the net, and both parties, both Pedri on the pass and Gundogan on the shot, had to get a perfect. That now brings Gundogan's total up to nine assists and four goals, 13 goals and assists in total, pushing it past Ferran Torres for second on the team to just Lewandowski. And that really good moment for Gundogan didn't last very long because within seconds, the 2-1, Samu scores. And it's not even the Samu for Alaves that I'm afraid of. It's Samu playing for Diego Simeone next season because as good as Avaral Morata has been this season, you could tell that Samu being one for the future is going to make that Atletico Madrid attack even more dangerous and add an element that they don't have. Fort gets beat on the sideline, but then I put this mainly on De Young for getting beat. It's another cutback and a cross. De Young has never been good and certainly has been more exposed this season without Busquets in allowing crosses. I think he tries to play that offside trap with his body positioning, and sometimes it works, but more often than not, it doesn't. And he seems to always fall for that little cutback. And then Araujo, because the cross came in so quickly, not close enough to Samu to stop the powerful header. Headline four then, Tigrinho ready to pounce. 59th minute, Kundawan. I would have loved to see him come off because Xavi needed to rest him. I've been calling for that for weeks now. But instead, he limps off, getting a rest out of necessity. 
Fortunately, Vita Roque comes on, and Xavi, as I said, doesn't make tactical substitutions. He just waits for somebody to get injured. But Vita Roque, I think, was going to come into this game around that time anyway. It was just a matter of, was he going to come in for Lewandowski, maybe? Or was it going to be Pedri at that juncture? We usually have seen Pedri come out around the 60th. No, instead, it's Gundogan, because again, out of necessity for the injury. And fortunately for Barcelona, Vita Roque comes in at the perfect time. And Kovarsi clears it forward. Not only do I trust this guy on the ball in possession to not make mistakes, but his long clearances and long balls are just good. And even though this one isn't completed, Alaves knocks it back Barcelona's way. It still allowed Barcelona defenders to get goal side in position. So Koundé heads it to Lamini Mall. And then this is all Lamini Mall at this point. The turn and then being patient against the second defender. Just beautiful stuff from Lamini Mall. He switches play through Pedri to De Jong to Fort. And then Vida Roque just passes the ball into the back of the net. Quick passing for Barcelona. It's quickly vertical over a long space, then horizontal in a short space. And that is the recipe for Barcelona to open up spaces in the box. As long as you have other runs happening in the box, which credit to Lewandowski and Pedri, the Calvary had arrived and that left Vida Roque with the space he needed to pass this one in the back of the net. A one-time goal doesn't even need the pace on it. It just has to be targeted in the right direction and it gets by the goalie. That's now two goals for Vitor Roque in 127 total minutes for FC Barcelona, many of which were coming off the bench. And as I already mentioned, two goals exceeds my expectations. Well, I did expect him to get a goal or two, but now my hope is that Vitor Roque pulls in five by May, and that to me is right on schedule for him. So I'm excited to see him score goals. But unfortunately, with his fifth headline, he didn't get an opportunity at a brace. Because headline five is a Liga, sort out your referees. I can't believe I have to complain about this. I want to try to keep things positive, even though my voice sounds completely negative here. Again, apologies. I'm still working through this, still trying to figure it out, but at least I get to edit this and cut out all the coughing. Second yellow for Vida Roque, though. Awful, awful refereeing here. The first yellow was questionable. The second yellow was downright awful. There was probably a foul on Pedri in the buildup. So why is it a foul on Vida Roque at all? Or you could have called the probable foul on Lewandowski in the buildup right after that. But again, no call. Let's play through. And then there's almost nothing in the Vida Roque incident. I'm usually not a big proponent, nor do I have much hope that when you go to Liga and try to appeal this, very rarely do they take it back. This one, obviously, Barcelona's going to appeal. And I would be as frustrated or even more outraged if this red card is not rescinded for next week on Vida Roque. Not only is that because Barcelona have like three healthy attackers in Lewandowski, Lamine Mall, and Vida Roque, plus Mark Yu with Fermi Lopez being a midfielder slash forward. And all four of those five that aren't Lewandowski are in their first year of football. So to lose just one of those at this juncture, even against Granada, is terrible. So I would hope that this one gets appealed. But because it's not a straight red and he goes second yellow, that means VAR cannot overturn this because they would have, I think, I would hope that VAR would overturn this. And I've been a broken record and I hate doing this every single time. But this referee, I hear you sport. I hear you, conspiracy theorist, but he has admitted that his father has connections to Real Madrid supporter groups, that he himself is a Madridista. I hear you on all that stuff. I continue to say that there needs to be a just full top to bottom reevaluation of Spanish refereeing because this is just a joke. And it wasn't just Barca. I said last week that it should have been Osasuna to get a penalty. It should have been Barcelona to get a penalty. All sides Maybe not named Real Madrid, but even them. They've had one or two. But all sides this season have had more than one gripe against these Spanish referees. They have just been not up to the task. And I think that, sure, the incompetence has bordered on conspiracy this season. 
And it's hard for me because I would love to just have a calm head about this. And it's so hard for me not to just give an inch to the conspiracies because of the sheer level of incompetence. At some point, you can't be this bad. You watched it on the slow-mo and it was the defender that went in with his studs and he winds up getting scraped by Vita Roque, who is trying to not only play the ball, but then get out of the defender's way, who went in studs up. This is terrible, terrible, terrible. Maybe the worst call I've seen this season. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's finish this up with some positivity. 74th minute for me, Lopez on for Pedri and immediately runs him behind and DeYoung finds him. Getting a shot off does for me, Lopez, giving the Alaves keeper something to think about. Good time and energy from him. Unfortunately for me, Lopez has to run around with Barcelona down a man, so can't really play to his strengths, which are pressing and energy and finding that space when it's 11 v 11. 82nd minute, Kubarsi and Christensen off for Nigo Martinez. And Romeo, you trust that the vets are going to get the job done late. And Alaves, at that point, being down by two, even though they were up a man, they had lost a little bit of muster. As good as that Basque crowd was, by the way. That crowd for Alaves was on their game in full voice. But fortunately, Barcelona had a player who is never worried by the crowd, is never hearing the noise, and is also a 16-year-old in the mini mall because late on in that game, the mini mall, if to me, okay, if he hadn't put in four-star performance already, sure, he didn't have a goal and an assist, but as I said, he was the architect on two of those three goals, and even late, tremendous skill, and being essential, as I said, even in the first half when they had all 11, being essential to the press resistance needed late, which is why Xavi cannot sub him out, even though I would love for Xavi to be able to rotate him. Rafinha cannot come back soon enough. Even if Lamina Mall starts two out of every three games because Barca is out of the Spanish Super Cup, is out of the Copa de Rey, and just has La Liga, and it could just be two more Champions League matches, and then you're just worrying about La Liga, and so they're going to start to have these midweeks where you can rest Lamina Mall. So there is a world where Xavi can start Lamina Mall every two out of three games, but Rafinha has got to come on just so that you can even rotate those two within games. Because at this point, Lamini Mall is essential to Xavi not walking away from the job next week or the week after. He's press resistant. He is the best dribbler. He brings that extra defender in help to open up space on the other side of the field and runs in for his teammates in those half spaces. He did a poor chemistry with Cancelo earlier in the season, but that all seems to be figured out with Kunde. And the more minutes they play together, the more that chemistry is figured out. Even though Kunde is in a position in that 3-2-5 to overlap, Lamini Mall is not really asking for that help. He has just been tremendous. But five starts in 14 days and not something out of any of those games, that's 464 total minutes. As I've said, and I'll repeat it again, I don't mean to be as negative as I am, but I'm being as negative as I am about it because of how positive Lamini Mall is. Because if we're just talking about the merits and the significance of this player on the team, Lamini Mall never sees the bench. But Xavi has a big problem on his hands because this kid is 16 years old. And Barcelona's best chance of winning is with a 16-year-old on the field. They do have a week off now, sure, but Lamini Mall's total minutes are already up to 1650 this season. I told you, 2,000. I would have loved it if Xavi could have kept it under 2,000. I don't see that happening, so we're going to move the marker ever so slightly. Xavi, I would love for you to come back and you find a way to keep Lamini Mall's minutes under 2,200. 
finish top four, maybe make a late run for the Liga to get it down to the final day. If Real Madrid drops some points or Girona drops some points, which can't see that happening. I think it's a two-horse race between those two and not Barcelona, but they still got to finish top four. But I wish that he could rotate Lamine Mall, keep him under 2,200 minutes, and find a way to still finish third in the Liga. That would be positive signs. And even if you're just saving him for Champions League, that'd be great too. But at this point, this just seems like a dream, as well as the hope that my voice is ever going to get better and I'm finally going to shake this sickness. But we're just waiting for all that at this point. So I appreciate everybody listening to me and struggling, trying to figure out a way through this. I will fortunately now have a few days off. So expect a podcast later on in this coming week before Granada. Hopefully, we'll have a good guest for that one. But in the meantime, again, subscribe me to the YouTube channel. I've got some other stuff I'm working on. Actually, I'm doing a pretty cool collaboration with somebody that I have cooking that I'm excited to showcase in the next few weeks as well. So look out for that. And so you don't miss it, subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's also the easiest and biggest help as well as giving us a good rating on the podcast apps. Of course, Patreon. So thankful everybody that's joined up and signed up there. Really appreciate all the new patrons as well. As I've said before, this is the largest number of patrons I've ever had in the podcast history. And I would not be continuing to do this through all this sickness and through all this garbage and through Xavi leaving and the team having bad results, if not for all the support that I've been receiving. That really does. I wake up and go, yeah, I I really got to do this because people want it. And you're letting me know that and I appreciate that. So until next time, talk to you soon. We'll see you next time.